Hey there. You got a bunch of leads, but too swamped to make heads or tails out of them? When it comes to sealing the deal, you just throw out a number and hope for the best? Well, it's time to change that too. Welcome to the Million Dollar Pipeline Challenge, tailor-made for the home services and remodeling pros just like you. We're cutting through the clutter, showing you how to chat with your customers and nail your pitches and boost those conversions. No more guesswork, just solid strategies to grow your business. Tune in to transform your approach and let's build that million dollar pipeline together. Text the word money to 844-949-1984. That's the word money to 844-949-1984 to begin your million dollar pipeline challenge today. Welcome to Blue Collar BS, a podcast that busts the popular myth that we can't find good people, highlighting how the different generations of today, the boomers, Gen X, millennials, and Gen Z are redefining work so that the industrial revolution that started in the U.S. stays in the U.S. Brad Herta, welcome back, my friend. Hello, Mr. Stephen Doyle. How are you? Dude, I'm fantastic. Got my refreshing drink already cracked in midday let's get it on i'll just do my diet pepsi here i'll save my tequila for later tonight well i mean alex is already already getting in on his so this is is vodka so (laughs) it's all good could be vodka gin doesn't matter 220 221 whatever it takes right it's all good Um, it's all good we're gonna welcome back alex pauls who is our number one canadian guest of blue collar bs Number one, you are the number, number one. one. Number, number one. one. Uh, number one. We, he had so much fun last time sharing stories with just myself. This time, Steve's going to be able to partake in those stories. And we got some great electrician stories and all sorts of fun stuff that Mr. Pauls did not share with us in his first episode that he was so excited to come back. And say, hey, I need to do this again. I got shit I want to tell people. So welcome back to the show, Alex. I am grateful you are here again today. Thanks, Brad. Thanks, Steve. It's good yeah. to be fun. So before we get started, you know, just a reminder, a refresher for everyone. Which generation do you uh, do you best fit in with? Yeah. This generation. Oh, yeah. Oh, give it to us, the Gen X. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which generation are you really from? <laughs> it's true. I, I think that the Godfather and Rocky were the same year. I was born, well, maybe Godfather 2, maybe not part one, but 1978. That's a good year. Yeah, yeah. I was, Disco uh, was about to die, but it was still awesome. It, it was, was in fifth grade. <laughs> it was in fifth grade that year. It was awesome. <laughs> Excellent. Brad, I can picture Brad's afro right now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I did not have a perm. Oh, it was all on. the rage, but I did not have a perm. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> That you know, we probably need to create a couple videos with that. You know, just picture Brad with the with the perm, so he doesn't have to wear a bike helmet. You know, he's just biking <laughs> on the street. And he's totally safe. There weren't bike helmets when I was growing up, Alex. Right. That's why you need the perm. That's why you need it. It was a self defense move. Yeah, okay. So that just got in the way. Some of those folks had that big perm, right, playing baseball or basketball or whatever, just got in the way of things. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that's good stuff. So, Alex, come and welcome back to the show. Um, so since you know it's our first meeting, official meeting between you and I, 
doing a little pregame before we got on here, talked a little bit about some extra stuff that we wanted to chat about today. So what it, what was the one thing, reason why you wanted to come back and share what we're going to be talking about now? Well, I just love talking to Brad. So if, uh, and I got lots of fun stories to tell. So we, we only got into a little bit and I always tell uh, people when we're doing a podcast, just keep the, keep the thing going. Cause all the bonus content ends up being like the better content. So right. We'll the just, bonus content to start. So we don't have to do it twice. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So look, I'm here to have fun, tell some stories, uh, talk about my favorite experiences of being in the field, being blue collar and what I loved most about it, what I didn't love. And, you know, hopefully that resonates with some people and hopefully I can pass that on to the next generation. We love that word hope here. You know that, right? Oh, sure. Yeah. Words matter. Words matter. We don't hope to make an impact. We are making an impact. For sure. Well, we're just going to assume that Brad in our little audience world hung up there, share share the knowledge, everybody get hung up there, you know, I like to think somebody out there is driving in their in their mm-hmm. van, cruising around the city like I used to doing maintenance, listening to podcasts. And why wouldn't you listen to the Blue Collar BS podcast while you're, you know, doing maintenance checks on different buildings and in your city? And that, I mean, we didn't have podcasts when I was on there. I just had my mix of my favorite uh, inappropriate songs that I would blast. Your, your, your breakup tapes and, that you had in your Walkman? Yeah, me. I would make my my uh, trainees listen to all my favorite music, and I'm like, sorry, dude. Like, once you get to my position, then. Then you can have your own playlist. All right. So what is so what are the top three things on your playlist? What are the top three songs in your playlist while you were being in the heavy electrician? You know, hey, I'm about to die if I don't wear the right gloves. World. Oh man. So okay. So I was just telling one of my friends this story of the greatest catastrophe that ever happened to me at at work as an electrician was uh, these really smart engineers and uh and uh you know the telecontrol guys they decided they were going to keep hammering closed a breaker that kept tripping without (laughs) it's like you know the breaker's doing its job it's tripping for a reason right so meanwhile there is a, a a ct a current transformer which for anybody out there, it uh, does metering work. So you take like a high high uh, current and it steps it down to uh, a metering system so that we can read it, you know, le- legibly uh, inside. And uh, so one of these CTs had exploded in the station and there was shrapnel like three, 400 yards, which ended up turning into a gigantic fireball. All all the, I mean, if you can imagine just- Like a movie set. Everything. Yeah, just big chunks, like a war zone. It seriously was like Iraq. And my my wife had, uh, she was super pregnant. She was like eight months pregnant at the time. So she had the car, but she dropped me off at the station because I wasn't the guy on call. And so I am leading into the playlist, just so you guys know. Oh, I am leading yes. into the playlist. I'm confident. <laughs> the, the story is going somewhere. So we get there. Oil everywhere, fire, everything is black. It's it's a total disaster. We find out two or three days later that one of our uh, major transformers got hit with that shrapnel and we didn't notice it. And we dropped 2,000 liters of uh, oil into the ground. For those, of and, us, for those of us in the U.S., liters is how many gallons? Uh, there's about four, four liters in a gallon. Okay. So what's that, seven, 700 gallons? Well, two yeah, about seven, yeah, about seven hundred <laughs> gallons of oil, 
And that's when the transformer got a low oil alarm. And we went over there and checked it out. And yeah, sure enough, it was spraying, spraying oil because it was punctured by some of the shrapnel. And uh, interesting enough, they dug a trench around the transformer. All of the oil was kind of like seeping out of the ground because we dug it deep enough. And our job all summer, me and my trainees, was to listen to music in the hot summer sun and just use these pads and wring them out of oil all summer long. This was the greatest job I've ever had. It was so ridiculous. And at the same time, I was helping the environment and we got to listen to music. We got to listen to music all day long and joke. And it was seriously the greatest summer ever, making double time wages off this catastrophic event. So wow. at the t- so at the time, we were listening to this uh, Canadian comedian. So if everybody can go out there and and uh, Google John Lejoie, he was coming out with these hilarious comedy songs. And this is the stuff that we were listening to while we were working. We were just like dying laughing. And he had the song, hit song called Everyday Normal Guy. And so once you guys, once we get off the show, you have to Google this every, everyday normal guy rap Make songs. And yeah. S- Sunday afternoon, all the stuff he was going to do on Sunday afternoon before get, getting back to work. Oh my goodness. We just, we were dying laughing, listening to this. And then on the side note, we had a lot of Wu-Tang Clan to kind of break up the comedy and just have, have a great time in the early 2000s. So we were having a blast out there. All right. Not on my playlist, but hey, that's your playlist. <laughs> John Lichois will be on your playlist after this, I promise. So the latest one, so interesting. I was at the auto parts store um, a couple weeks ago, and they're playing some music in there. And I'm like, what? The? It's like Hotel California, but to this very different thing. The guy's name is Richard Cheese, and he does – classic song classic rock hard rock dance songs to early jazz type upbeat 40s 50s type tone and like wow this was it was funnier than hell once i realized it i'm like it's hotel california (laughs) hey cool this was it was bizarre it was really bizarre listening to him why do i know this song oh but it's not the it wasn't the eagle singing it so um yeah it was all good You'd be surprised how much oil you can bring out of the ground while you're listening to music. It's uh, yeah, we, we, the you bet. That's we were environmentalists that year. It was uh, it was a good time, but wow, <laughs> it, it was crazy how much oil we we lost and we got back. So ha- happy ending, right? Yeah, you, know, you you guys have a lot of oil in your ground. That's why they have the yeah, tar. It just goes back in the ground anyway. I don't understand yeah. how that's pollution. That's why it's, that's why you got the tar sands. That's why you got the Albion oil shale and everything up there. So it's all good. There you go. Mm-hmm. Welcome back, Mr. Doyle. Yeah, thanks. I guess my internet is the one that decided to kick me out. So <laughs> it's all good. So it's all your, good. What's on your current playlist, Mr. Doyle? Oh, dude, it's all over the place. We got a little bit of, there's rap, there's country, more country, more country, Okay, some rap. All right. Yeah. And whatever my daughter's put on it. That Spotify, do you guys do that Spotify wrapped thing at the end of the year? No. No. No, What is it? I I don't know. Like Spotify, it, it does, it basically takes your data and like, 
you know, sh- shows what you listen to the most that year. And I'm like, I didn't realize I was such a Sugar Ray fan. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I'm pretty sure my kids hijacked my Spotify or I got a problem because, I mean, Sugar Ray is okay, but well, it's not like he's my favorite. This is. <laughs> so, so you kind of mentioned, you know, the good things, the bad things about, uh, you know, growing up and working in, in the high voltage world. So share with us, share, share with us, you know, the, the good things that you enjoyed. And then on the backside, what were some of the things you'd like to see changed? And okay. on top of that, let's, let's just keep stacking questions. Cause that's what we like to do. Yeah. Let's cause stacking. you know, that's, that's always good for a podcast. It's good radio. It's funny. Um, <laughs> so Andy, Andy wines, the famous Andy wines was just asking me a bunch of questions today. And I always start with the last question first and trail off on the first question and don't really answer it. Right. So. Cause what I really want to know ultimately is, you know, as you go through the things you liked, the things that had an impact, what would you give to the uh, younger generations and older generations today as to what to do to solve this um, multi-generational workforce dilemma that we have in the trades? I, I like to think that I was starting, like when I was an electrician, I like to think that things were starting to trend in a better, better direction. I wasn't necessarily like a hard ass and I wasn't necessarily really soft on the guys either. Like I never made anybody carry my tools. I never, you know, berated anybody in in front of me. And my, my experiences were very much, uh, I wanted, I wanted to treat the guys the way I wanted to be treated, even though I wasn't always treated exceptionally well by some of the, the, the old, the old school guys who, you know, you got to earn your stripes before you're even allowed to talk or even be allowed in the room to to hear what the plan is and and see what's going on. I, I like to think that I was passing a, a good torch when I was in there that um, I really respected uh, my trainees' opinions. I always asked them for it. I I would like to see what was on their mind. Um, you know, when we were presented with a, an issue and we were troubleshooting, I always wanted to see what their perspective was. And, you know, either, either tell them, okay, this is what I see and this is from my own experience. So I, like sometimes you know the answer already, right? And you just want to see what. So you wouldn't go, "Hey, that's really fucking stupid." We're right? No, I didn't. <laughs> I don't think I was ever forced to do that. <laughs> like, what are you a moron? <laughs> what kind of idea is that? <laughs> yeah, check yeah. the box here. Check. Yep, done that. But I, but I even do that with my children now. Uh, when we're uh, um, attacking any type of problem, I, I kind of want to see where their brain is at. And it's a it's a good way for us to quickly pinpoint blind spots when we're looking at something because it's even as a technician you can get really like honed in and and miss the obvious or maybe miss something that's not obvious but most most of the time you you get honed in and you miss the easy obvious reason for for a problem when you're troubleshooting and I know that I was the victim of that a couple times um, I, I got called out one time and the battery uh, the uh, the DC, we had a low vo- DC voltage alarm and I was troubleshooting the most complicated scenarios in my mind. And then after two hours, I was just like, it was three in the morning. I'm tired. And I just walked over to the, to the charger and I looked and the charger had been turned off by accident. Oh, and the reason why like, the cable company always asks you, Hey, is it powered on? <laughs> yeah. And, and here I am. 
thinking that that is the dumbest, least possible, you know, possibility for why, for why I'm getting this alarm. Because, I mean, nobody turns off a charger, right? But apparently somebody had walked by it, one of the construction guys, and inadvertently hit it with a ladder or something in it. Oh, no. Mag- oh, no. Like it, it was miraculously it was the- off, right? And- hey, we, we know this young guy's going to be here tonight. Let's just screw with him. <laughs> Mm-hmm. yeah it was yeah it was that was mm-hmm. not a fun night but uh okay so i, I feel like i've gone off off uh off kilter We've here off the rail since day one it's okay it's okay <laughs> so well, i guess you know one of the my least favorite things about being in the field was old like a like an older technician and i really appreciate him now but at the time he was kind of putting me through the paces and making me earn my stripes, changing light bulbs, uh, doing all sorts of ridiculous, like, jobs. Like, after I've already been doing things for five, six years, and going back to it, if he would have just explained to me why he was giving me the jobs that he was instead of just, like, handing me all the crap that I didn't want to do. And I really want, I really wanted, the, like, the meat and potatoes. I really want, you know, when you're young, you really want to learn, like, as much complicated stuff. Like, I could... Right now, I could go back to to the field and change light bulbs. Like any anybody can do that. Good. I don't need to be a a five year, six year trainee changing light bulbs. I'm not learning anything at that point. But uh, yeah, I was. Uh, I always light bulbs are special now. They're different. They're they special. are different now. They they're but not I, just. I, I and I think that I'm not unique in the new generation and the younger generations. Everybody needs. Everybody wants to know why they're doing something. You know, like what's the yeah, method of madness? And for anybody out there that's assigning tasks or something repetitive, and like, and if the and if the young guy is maybe so green that he doesn't want to question it or is too shy to question it, they still want to know why they're doing something. What what is the benefit? Like, right. when, once I finally asked him, like, why am I doing this? And he said, I wanted you to learn about each different type of lighting and each lighting system, not just changing bulbs. Because we had many different types of bulbs and and he wanted me to actually learn how each of them worked. I'm like, well, why didn't you just say that? Why didn't why did you, <laughs> why did you tell me that a year ago? <laughs> yeah. Why did you just make me change light bulbs? I hated it and I hated you. And if you would have just told me from the get-go. That you wanted me to learn about all these different lighting systems, I would have approached it from this like, oh wow, I'm learning about all these different things that maybe I kind of missed. It was that blind spot that I that I didn't know and I didn't appreciate at the time. Mm-hmm. S- so, simple and yet and and yet a blind spot for somebody who might be teaching, right? So what you're saying is that we have a communication problem. Sure. Some people just want to be told what to do, and some people want to do things for a reason or want mm-hmm. to know why they're doing something. And some people don't mind being told just to go do something and they don't care what it is or or if they learn anything from it. Yeah, and I see that actually across multiple generations. Each person is uniquely different. And so with some of my contractors, they will be very specific. I need you to do this because of X, Y, and Z. And other times, based on the person, they're like, I just need you to go do this without any explanation. Again, it comes back to each person. It's it's catering the communication to each person. Sure. 
I spent a summer working in the sewers. I don't know if we talked about this last time. That's a wild job. Being a sewer rat, that is, yeah. I'm telling you, I got, oh, like, I don't know how I got out of there with hepatitis. <laughs> I don't think I've seen so many other people's shit. Like, crazy. But I, I was so frustrated because I was the new guy on the sewer crew and they had all these plans and all these meetings that I was not privy to. And it would just be like, here's the shovel, go do this. And I'm the kind of person that likes to begin with the end in mind. I want to know what, what the goals are so that I can help work towards that. I'm not just dummy with the shovel that, you know, I'm not a lemming and I, I need to, I need to know what I'm working towards. Can you say that like, it, sure? help, <laughs> it, it helps. It helps when you know the goal, right? It helps. A lot of people know what, what the end goal is. Right. And I think so many new guys, they or so many technicians, they don't let the new guys get, get near the table for some reason and see what the, what the final plan is. And I think that's a, a detriment knowledge, to the team. Knowledge is power, right? And that, Sure. Too many. What I have found is that too many of the elder, elder statesmen, take that knowledge as power, versus taking that knowledge and turning into the power of of wisdom to share, to make their life easier. And I think there's a lot of times that fear of well, if if, if Billy knows what it is, that I'm not going to be able to bring any value. So if the young guy, Alex, knows what I know, then I'm of no value to the organization anymore. So I'm going to hold it to myself when the reality is you actually make your life easier because now you can go do things that can bring the company more value. Hey, we got this new project we want you to work on and we want this, but oh, we're too busy because the young guys don't know shit any yet and you didn't tell them. So therefore, I can't have you go out and not keep beating up your body, but go in and work on a new new program, new procedures, new whatever might be happening. And, and you end up right. hurting yourself and the organization in the end, in the long run. And sure. it's terrible. And, and there's such a thing as information overload for the young guys too. There is so much, there is such a thing as TMI. Like they don't need to know every single detail, <clears throat> right? Correct. But if they, if they kind of know the, the end goal and you know what the goal is for that day or for that week and what, what they're striving towards, that gives them that, sense of at least being in control and working towards that that goal but to be totally blind and not and not know what's going on that's that's not empowering at all setting expectations right knowing that this is what we got to get done oh today we got to get four miles done cool you know what you got to yeah. get done then. oh i gotta bust my so ass how, how many how many young guys do you guys talk to now like uh, i i always think that the young the new young generation uh, gets a bad rap for not wanting to work hard. They just want to, you know, take it easy. They just want to work on a computer. They don't, you know, but I'm sure that there's young, strong people out there that, you know, want to do, want to do the trades. And, but I really think that they come at it from more of an intellectual way, like want, wanting the bigger picture, right? They don't want, they don't want the little picture. It's what we have been finding, at least th those that I've been talking to, it's more, What's really my purpose for being here for those that actually want to work? Cause, cause the, the stigma is still getting, getting them into the working environment and wanting to work. So overcome that hurdle. Once we overcome that. So we're going to push the lazy people to the side. We're only going to talk about those that, that want to, 
what we find is it's like we've t- just talked about. It's more about the purpose. Like, what am I doing? I want to be part of a higher purpose. Sure. Help me understand how I can be engaged in that higher purpose. Don't give me remedial task of going and changing the light bulb. I'm just going to get irritated with that. I'm actually not going to go do it. You're going to tell me to do it. I'm not going to go change the light bulb. You go change your own damn light bulb. But I'm not going to tell you that. I'm just going to stand there and look at you with a blank face. That's what Steve does best. And you're going to think I'm an idiot. (laughs) (laughs) That's what we run. That's what we run into a lot. Now, we do have those that are just, they just get after shit where they're not going to question. They're just going to get after stuff. They're going to do exactly what they're told. Problem is they're going to do exactly what they're told and they're not going to learn why they're doing it. But they're going to be excellent at completing the task and doing the, you know, having great quality and having everything. They're going to complete the task, but they have no idea why. They don't ask why. They've just, they were raised to do what they were told. Just shut up and do it. That was my biggest problem in the field is I always needed to know the why. Mm-hmm. And I would say ninety percent of the time, I was the not told the why. You were the boomer's pain in the ass. Yeah, <laughs> it's a, but, but I'm I'm Generation X. I'll still go do it, right? You know, but I'm not learning it. The way I needed to learn was I needed to know my why, and then I go do it, and then I you know connect all the dots. Right? Mm-hmm. I always wanted to fix puzzles and do puzzles and and, and troubleshoot. I like that kind of stuff. It's, it's the why am I doing the puzzle. Right. Hey, everyone. We hope you've been enjoying our episode with Alex Pauls. This conversation went in so many directions, we need to split it into two episodes. So thank you for listening to part one, and we look forward to bringing part two to you in a few weeks. Thank you for listening to Blue Collar BS, brought to you by Vision Forward Business Solutions and Professional Business Coaching, Inc., If you'd like to learn more on today's topic, just reach out to Steve Doyle or myself, Brad Herta. Please like, share, rate, and review this show as feedback is the only way we can get better. Let's keep blue-collar businesses strong for generations to come.